You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. finally got their roster down to 53. No major surprises, but yet a few surprises. And so for this particular podcast, I bring in my man, you know, he, he and I are close friends. You wouldn't know it sometimes, but we are close friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but my man, Barrett Brooks, and I, we've been cutting it up for years. And I say, you know, who better to bring in for a show like this than Mr. Brooks? B. B Brooks, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. But the real reason, y'all, is because I'm cheap labor. That's why. Well, that's true. He understood it. You know, he he understood that um, the check will be in the mail and it'll be in the mail for a long time. He, he in fact, that check won't be sent. So I, I, I'll go ahead and do this for him. What's up, man? What's going on, bro? I'm, I'm glad you understand that you're not getting payment <laughs> because anytime you give me difficulty, all I have to do is tell my wife. And I know you're afraid of my wife, Trish. So that's all I got to do. Come on, man. I ain't did nothing today, man. Why are you going to do that, man? I did not do anything today. You know? I, I got to play that Trump card I when Trish, I can, man. man. I got to play that Trump card, man. <laughs> you know, but okay. But the Eagles, they finally get that roster down to 53. Uh, and as you look at some of the cuts, um, what are a few cuts that really jumped out to you that maybe surprised you just a little bit? Well, one of the major cuts that, um, that, that what happened with, you know, happens to be, you know, the tight end position. You know, Richard Rodgers has been a mainstay for this team for the past two years, even right. though he's been in and out. But he's the best blocking tight end they have. And they chose to go with two young guys, you know, Jack Stahl and a uh, former uh, Buffalo uh, University quarterback, Tyree Jackson, who's yeah. hurt right now. Right. Um, they're going to go into the season with just three tight ends and and one that's hurt. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, they, they 
have that much confidence in, in Stoll's blocking ability, but I know he could, he's a really good pass catching tight end. And they gave him an opportunity to go out there in preseason and he went out there and made it happen. But Tyree, you know, Tyree Jackson, he showed a lot, you know, he showed some promise as far as being, he could be, you know, one of the more dominant tight ends in the league. If he, you know, turns the corner, like he's been doing um, another surprise was the offensive line. The fact that they were able to trade, you know, make a trade and get some value. You know, you know, they swap picks from six to seven, from seven to six. Right. You know, and really replace that six round pick that they traded for Garner Minshew. Um, but they were able to go out and, and get, a, you know, some value from prior. Matt Pryor got a swap of picks. They got some value in him because he was I just knew he was going to get cut. He was going to get cut. You know, there's no way he could have been on the roster as bad as he played this year. But, you know, he they got value out of him, man. So, I mean, that's that's. That's pretty good. You know, you look at the offensive line. This is one of the youngest second team offensive line I've seen in a long time. You know, the two elder statements as far as the twos. Yeah. It's um, Brett Toth. Yeah. He was he was uh, acquired in 2019. And then you have Nate Herbig, 2019. But after that, Andre Dillard, 2020. Who? Um, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> Andre who? <laughs> right, right, right. And then you have, uh, then you have you know, Jack Driscoll, 2020. And then you have, you know, this year's 2021 second round pick, you know, Landon Dickerson. So, I mean, that's a really young second team offensive line. Are you concerned about the the youth depth on this team? I mean, usually when you talk about offensive lines that have good rotations, good depth, you're talking about sprinkling in X amount of veterans who've had X amount of playing time. But but you brought up a good point. Now, the guys that you missed, mentioned have played some. A few of them played a lot last year out of necessity. But are you comfortable with this rotation? Because you go from – I don't even know if you have five legitimate starters. We're going to get to Jordan Malata in, in a few moments. But you go from the starting offensive line to an offensive line backup slot, which is full of question marks. Absolutely. You know, um. It, it it was concerning to me because I was that I was that guy back in when I was playing my last four years in the league. You know I was a backup and you know that's why I was able to play as long as I was able to play because I was a veteran player number one who knew what it took took to to get ready for Sunday to play. But also you know I played multiple positions and that you know that offensive line they definitely do play out multiple positions. Jack Driscoll plays both tackles. Um, Dillard. You know, he's not a swing tackle. Dillard just plays left left side of the offensive line. That's concerning, you know, that the guy just plays on the left side of the line. Um, then you have, you know, Herbig. Her can play center and guard. Um, Landon, you know, Landon can play. You know, Dickerson can play center and guard. And then, um, you know, Brett Toth can play center. I mean, I'm sorry, tackle and um, and guard. Okay. So they may have guys to play multiple positions, but, you know, usually when you're a jack of all trade, you're a master of none. So I mean, if this guy has to go in and play, you know, will he be able to come in in short stints and be that offensive lineman that could, you know, keep this team rolling the way it should be rolling? I, I look at some of the cuts they made. Jordan Howard, Richard Rodgers. That that you you could have bought me with a wooden nickel. I, I'm shocked that they're going that thin at running back. Michael Jaquette, and all everybody talked about was this kid has so much potential. He could push for a starting job. Then Craig James, Sua Opeta. Um, who some people thought could compete for a starting job. Elijah Holyfield, I think, is a good back, but I think he just got caught up in a numbers game. But then Travis Fogum and John Hightower get whacked. Yeah, JJ, your boy, JJ Arthega Whiteside is still on his team. Really? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, he he did enough in that last game to say, all right, Howie's like, all right, 
I guess we can keep him. You know, he's good enough, you know. So, he, he I mean, that's what he does. Hold up, he man. shows spurts in the preseason, but then uh, he gets in the regular season, he kind of fades into the dark. Kind of kind of fades? What do you mean kind of fades? <laughs> kind of fades? <laughs> you don't hear from JJ. He's like in a witness protection program. <laughs> but, but Nick Sirianni. But there are lots of problems. He yeah. looks like Tarzan when he, you know, when he's out there, he looks like Tarzan. He looks like a beast when he's out there. He's just got to play that way, man. Maybe this is the year, you know, he had a close call that he goes out and becomes that player. Um, another running back you didn't talk about, but I, I saw some huge expectations in the special teams game as a returner, and that's Jason Huntley. I mean, yeah, he was yeah. the one that took all the reps as far as um, kickoff return, and yet he's not on the squad right now. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. But then again, you know, Howie's smarter than all of us, so yeah, I'll, leave, <laughs> I'll leave it up to Howard. But, you, you know, you talk about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, you know, he looks like Tarzan in the preseason and stuff like that, but you're trying to say he plays like Jane in the regular season? Well, I mean, I, I, you know – you can't – I'm not going to lie about it. I mean, he hasn't done anything during the season. You know, ever since he dropped that pass in Detroit, in the Detroit game at home, right, right. he kind of phased in, you know, fade into the abyss. He has all the talent in the world. He's faster than what I thought. He's bigger than what I thought. He has the, you know, the skill set to go out there and be a big-time receiver. But he disappears on the field. He's got to make himself more available for the quarterback, more appetizing for them to get the ball to him. Until he does that, you know, he'll still continue to fade into the, you know, fade into the dark. I mean, you have young guys that went out there and showed that they can play this game. And until he steps up, he's going to get passed by again. Even though he's on the roster does not mean that he will stay on this roster. This, this coaching staff, the great thing about this coaching staff, they have no allegiance to anybody. They can cut anybody because at this point, everybody has their first impressions and they had a time to give them their first impressions. If you didn't make a great first impression, then you might not be here, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do as they go forward with all these guys. I'm glad you brought that point up. And I don't disagree with what you said, but I think they can cut anybody they want if Howie says so. Oh, okay. It, you know what I'm my saying? My fault. Yes. Yeah. yeah see, if I, Howie says so. See, that's, how, that's, that's, that's a term to factor yes, right there. Yes. yes. <laughs> see, Howie's had too much egg on his face in terms of draft picks. You know, the franchise quarterback is gone. He's had more misses than hits with draft yes. picks. You know, and I think a part of the reason uh, Whiteside is still here because he was a second round pick. And I think some other players are still here because Howie wants to show that he can build his roster through the draft. It, it remains to be seen obviously, because you have a lot of youth on this team. Right. And so I don't think it's going to show uh, showcase itself in 2021 consistently, but I think it might show enough to they can go into 2021 thinking, okay, these players are okay in terms of trying to build around, but these players here, we've got to try to replace them again in the draft next year. Well, you know, you're absolutely right, man, because, you know, it's too many. The first three rounds have been Howie's nemesis. The first three rounds because he's had egg on his face like you said you know so many players you know um you got drafted high you know the sydney joneses of the world you know and if, if, if didn't make it out of here but then go somewhere else to become a starter um even in the fourth round rasul douglas you know he's bouncing around the league now you know in fact i just saw him he, he started out with the raiders and then i saw him playing for the texans just this last yeah, weekend yeah. you know what i mean um you know the talent evaluation it means you know it it's a lot to be, you know, to, to, to be looked at and saying that it's 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 a it's it's been good the past couple of years. I think in the first round they hit it on the mark, and I'm you know it's yet to be seen in the second round with uh, Dickerson. 
But, I, you know, I think it starts off right now with Devontae Smith. If he can go out and show that he's a good player, then, you know, maybe there is a change, you know, in how he, you know, sticks around. But you still have guys like, you know, uh, Marlon, uh, do it. With Tuapolo Lutu, whatever it is, you know. Bless you. The, the, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the tack defensive tackle from USC. Yeah. Man, he got beat up, dogged out, ran amok. I mean, he just got crushed the entire preseason. They ran over him. They specifically ran the ball to wherever he was. You know mm. what I'm saying? That's how bad he played this year, you know. So I don't know, man. It's, you know, it's a lot, it's it's a lot of people that have to prove themselves. You know, this is gonna be a proven year for a lot of guys. You were talking about the receiving core, and and Greg Ward is the old man now on the five-man receiving core. Can you believe that, man? And I'm looking here, and I'm going, Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So we said that they're going into the regular season with five receivers, but technically it's only four because I don't trust Whiteside yet. I still don't trust Whiteside. And I hate to say that. I know that's somebody's baby boy. I get that. But I just don't trust Whiteside, and I don't understand how you can – now I'm assuming Fulgham – or Hightower, they're going to come back on the practice squad in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I just, Hightower will, yes. I, I just don't understand how you can go to the regular season with basically four-plus wide receivers, and three of them are basically untested receivers. Well, Quez Watkins, you know, showing the ability in camp on gadget plays to be a definite threat. Now, he shows something in practice, but it has to equate back to the, to, to the field, man. He has to go out there and show that he can play on the field. At this point, you know, he's also an unknown. He's also a guy that, you know, showed some signs, but those signs can, you know, can point you in the wrong direction. I mean, talk about what have you done for me lately. Fogum in five games was just, you know, almost all pro. Exactly. And then he just faded away. Um, I don't know whether, you know, what it was. You know, he couldn't create any separation, you know, and, and they wanted to go in a faster direction. Fulgham's just not fast. He was a possession receiver that couldn't take possession of the ball when they needed him to. So, you know, he was he virtually got himself out of here. He had an opportunity to really come in and be a starter, but he messed it up, man. So it's whatever you what have you done for me lately? Nothing, because he did nothing in the preseason. How shocked are you that Jordan Howard got cut? I was very shocked because he's the best pass blocking uh, running back we have. And plus, he's always falling forward. We don't have that big back on goal line situations exactly. or third and one, those type of situational football. But we didn't have any of that situational football during the preseason. So I don't know. I mean, we didn't have assignment. We didn't have a, a assignment um, specified, you know, reactions, you know, how, how these teams are going to play in the preseason to really give you an accurate analysis on what this team is going to do, what this team is going to do in these certain situations, you know, goal line situations. We didn't have enough goal line situations because we weren't down in the red zone enough. Red zone situations because we couldn't move the ball on the opposite side of the 50. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, we went into this season without really a place kicker. There are so many unknowns what's going on. Yeah, you know, we're paying yeah. guys a lot of money to just sit around. So I don't know what's going to happen on this roster. There's so many unknowns right now. See, I'm glad you brought that up because we have an unknown at quarterback. Yep. We have an unknown at left tackle. Yep. You have, even though we know what Miles Sanders is capable of doing, what Boston Scott is capable of doing, we think Kenneth Gainwell can be a great addition, but there's unknowns in that backfield as well. You know, and there's some few unknowns on the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, I, a lot I, of unknowns. I can't remember going into a season with this many unknowns on an Eagles team. It's been a long Absolutely. time. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, 
I mean, we haven't even talked about the defensive side of the ball. For oh, real, my goodness. For real, you know? Look at the linebacker position, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Davion Taylor, I still don't know how. I mean, they say he's explosive. They say he's fast. I haven't seen it yet on a consistent time, man. Um, you know, you look at Bradley. He showed signs when he was good. He showed signs that he was bad. Um, you know, I already know we're going to get from Singleton. Singleton, he can play, man. You say what you want to say. He is going to be a volume tackler. He knows how to play the game. He's not an unknown to me anymore. He's not an unknown to me in the league now because people know who he is now. Uh, Wilson, he's an unknown to me because I haven't seen him in this defense yet. You know, there are a lot of guys. They got you know um, Avery playing the Sam linebacker. And I, I understand situational football. He'll be the Sam, but he'll really be a defensive end with a bare front, you know, right. when they covered both guards up and the center up. You know, and they're going to do that a lot because they couldn't stop the run in the preseason, so they're going to have to do something to stop it uh, this season. But they didn't show anything. You know, that's that's another thing we haven't talked about. This co- uh, these, these coordinators show nothing on what they're going to do as right. far as game plan-wise. Right. Going into this, um, going to this season, they didn't do any protections that you know are more suited to Hertz's skill set, like you know, um, waggle protection where they have a guard escort the quarterback outside when he pulls from the backside. No, uh, no boot protections. No, you know, running games so we can do play actions, and we didn't see any really RPOs. You know, I think those are going to be the basis of the plays that's going to have at Jalen Hurts' you know, disposal when he goes out there. I think that's going to be the bulk of it. I hope that's the bulk of it because that would, you know, kind of showcase his skill set. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really at a point where I don't know what this team is going to do, how they're going to react, what they're going to do to be a good team. Are you concerned that the bulk of your starters played very little in the preseason? They didn't and, play any. They played and, two, two, two series. Your, your starting quarterback played ten snaps in the pre- preseason. <laughs> Um, I look around the league. Usually the last preseason game is the game where you see all the guys on, on the scrap heap trying to make a club. But you look at Tampa Bay. Tom Brady played almost a half. Um, Patrick Mahomes played into the third quarter for Kansas City. Andy Reid's playing his starters in, in that game. Okay. Oh, what are they? Oh, you got the Super Bowl champion and you got yeah. the Super Bowl Cont- um, runner-up. Runner I mean, yeah. And the previous year played- Super Bowl champion. Yeah, but they played. Right. You know, see, they played and we didn't. Yes. And see, you got a quarterback who's got four games of experience under his belt in a whole new system. Okay. And he played 10 snaps and he's trying to get cohesiveness down with a bunch of young receivers that he knows not a lot about. And so who knows? You know, when it comes to gamesmanship, you know, Nick Sirianni may come out of the gate and shock the world down in Atlanta. But from a realistic standpoint, see, I see you laughing, see, because you know what I'm talking about. But right. from a realistic standpoint, now, okay, that first game, they're playing an Atlanta team that also has a new coaching staff, but they do have a proven quarterback down there in a Matt Ryan. We don't know what we have in a Jalen Hurts. We don't know what these young receivers are going to do when the, when the bullets are flying for real. So you know, I, I, I'm, I'm more anxious now than normally at this time of, the, time of the year because of all the uncertainties surrounding this team. Absolutely. And they have to be uncertain about what they have also. I mean, they haven't showed anything to me to, to point me in a direction that, you know, this team is going to be good. I mean, I look at the talent. I look at the starters. I see some quality starters in here. You know, I, I see a top five offensive line. I see a top 10 defensive line. And when you have those two guys, it gives you it, it gives you some some some, you know, leeway in in and what you call, because if you, if you, with a good offensive line, you can call a lot of the BS that, you know, to, to help you out. You know what I'm saying? They could, you know, pull you out of a, a third 15 because they could block forever because they're that right, good. Right. 
um, you know, I think they're built well on the edges. You know, you look at, you know, the tackles. I think, you know, Jordan Malata and Lane Johnson will probably be one of the better tandems of tackles in the league. Look at the guys on the corner out there at, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I think we have two corners with Nelson and Slay that are one of the better combinations in the league also. So the corners, I mean, you know, the, the edges are, are, are built okay. I think they're going to be all right. But everywhere else, you know what I'm saying, there's so many unknowns, man. You know, the safety position, uh, I think, you know, they have an opportunity to be very, very good. Put it like that. They have an opportunity, you know. At this point, I don't know who's going to step up, who's going to be a starter, who's who's going to start from a cloud. Now, I know they activated him, you know, for the 50-man roster, roster, him and Landon Dickerson. That's a point in the right direction. But what is going on, man? I mean, I, I don't understand, man. I really don't understand, you know, what direction they're going right now. I, I know the last couple of years you've been really high on Jordan Malata. But I will counter with this. When we talk about Jordan Malata being that unknown, holding down a quarterback's blind side, we don't know what Jordan Malata is over 16 games. We've never – now 17 games. We haven't seen Jordan Malata go up against the best edge rushers week in and week out. I, I've heard you, you know, so insightfully and eloquently talk about his technique and how much he's improved. But we still don't know because each week, you know, he's going from Chase Young to some of these other guys out there, man, and they've all got different moves. And we don't know what Jordan Malata is yet as well. We, we hope that he is what we think he is, but – that's huge in terms of co- protecting a quarterback's blind side. Absolutely, you know, and, and I hope that he he hasn't become complacent, you know, and understand why they made it such a, a, a tight competition, you know, with uh, you know Jordan Malata and uh, you know and and Dillard. I understand why because they didn't want him to be complacent, you know, thinking he's arrived. Because I could see him being one of those guys to be like, all right, I've made it, you know, saying so, so I'm gonna you know take a chill. No, you got to go out with that same attitude. All right, you know, I have so many naysayers that I got to go out there and ball just to show everybody, you know, because it's what have you done for me lately. I Man, I could be out in the streets in a minute. He's got to keep that type of mentality so he keeps that edge. If he doesn't, man, he could just be just a guy over there instead of the expectation that I've put upon him as far as being one of the dominant tackles in this league. Let's hope that he doesn't have that attitude because I could see some complacency in him if you allow him to just be that way. But I think, you know, he has a coach, you know, one of the better coaches on the staff uh, that can get him pointed in the right direction. Coach Stoutland's not going to allow him to do that, and I'm hoping he doesn't want to do that. But at the end of the day, you just never know. Hold up. First of all, let's let's clarify something. There was never any real competition between Malata and Andre Dillard <laughs> at left tackle. Jordan oh, well, Mal- I meant to say per- perceived. Okay. Because <laughs> Jordan Malata won that job back in May. And I don't understand, I really don't understand the mindset of Andre Dillard. I really don't. I understand injuries happen in a game. But everybody that I've talked to over the last couple of years, at times, it doesn't appear he wants to play football. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. You sacrifice your body in high school and college to get to this moment. You get to to live a dream of being a first-round draft pick or just drafted in the National Football League, for that matter. And this is what you show? I mean, go back to that pra- last week when they were practicing against the Jets. Twice in two days, what do we what do we hear? Andre Dillard got sports. put on his back on his on his back <laughs> two days in a row. This man six five three hundred plus pounds. Barrett, how did where you get put on your back like that? Two now one. Okay, <laughs> if you made a mistake, you misstepped one time. Okay, you correct that. But two days in a row, you got you got freight trained by the same dude. Seriously, and, and, and D Gun, it wasn't a starter that did it to him. It was like a a a. a 
two or a three, maybe in a four that did it to oh, him. They said they goodness. were giving him work. Oh, and, and, and that's that's where the difference is between, you know, why I played in the NFL 12 years and he'll he'll be around just a little while if he doesn't change his mindset. You know, I was always the type that, all right, you tell me I can't. Well, I'm going to show you I can. Right. I mean, for years and years, you kept telling me, boy, I don't know how long you're going to be around here, man. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That is true. I didn't think you'd make it in broadcasting. <laughs> You've been telling me for years, man. Yo, man, I'm I like, you got I'll... pictures of somebody. <laughs> that's what that's what you used to say to me, man. What pictures you got, man? Who who, who do you have? <laughs> but yeah, man. But you know, it, you gotta have an attitude, man. You know, it's 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 so many people, man. That that you know die to be in the position this kid is in and yes. he's just not taking advantage of the opportunity he showed me something this last preseason game i mean he blocked his butt off man he dropped the anchor he showed great technique they used him as a you know a puller and tackle trap a couple times he looked good out there he really looked good man but then i look at you know the fact he goes to practice and just you know just just tricks it all off man. i, I, I don't know man i just don't know this new mindset on how people think these days as far as being these these athletes these days b brooks he was looking good against scrubs out there man come on man <laughs> see i know you're trying to be nice and i, and I get that i do because you you know you go out there and you you talk to these players and you mingle with i but to me this dude is the modern day danny Watkins. i hate to say this but he's a modern day danny Watkins man you're absolutely right man i can't I, say anything different man I feel, and I'm waiting to see what this coaching staff is going to look like in a real game, using a play clock, getting information into the quarterback, making snap decisions at the last minute. We haven't had to see much of that because, again, everything's been so vanilla. Now, we know Nick Sirianni has lived and breathed football for a long time. He's been trained well under Frank Reich and other coaches he's been around as well. But you don't know what you got until you see him do it. You know, well, you're absolutely right about that, man. I mean, I, he's, he never had situational football during game type situations where he had his starters in, you know, you, you can you can script it when you're in practice. You know, what I'm saying even with the, you know, the the dual uh, the dual practices, you can script, you know, these situational, um, you know, circumstances while you're out there. You can call right, plays right. to it, but it's not until you get in game type situation where you have a, a play clock going clock going. You got, you know. You know, players that, you know, need to be in the game that are not in the game. You know, all this stuff, you know, that, that should be getting done. He hasn't been in those type of situations as the head coach. So because of that, you know, out, as he goes forward, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? You know, we don't know yet. We'll see. I mean, I, I tend to say that I, I like Nick Sariani. I like what he brings to the table. You know, I like his right. youthful enthusiasm. Right. But that don't mean nothing when them bullets start flying and you out there, you know, and you're going against a team, you know, that is, that's blitzing, you know, the heck out of you. And you don't know what plays to call and your defense is over there getting ran on all day. You know, how is he going to react in those type of situations? I'm anxious to see that. Now, he's been around some great coaches, you know, some of the best in the business. He was around Big Red, you know, saying he, you know, so, he, you know, he's been tried as a coordinator, you know, you know, with being with Coach Reed, you know, so I've seen that. But. At the end of the day, man, until you get those circumstances um, on your own, with your own staff, right, you know, right. calling your own plays, you never know what's going to go on. What do you think about the Gardner Minshew acquisition? Uh, I'm thinking if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm like, why are you bringing in here a, a, another quarterback like that? Because um, I guarantee you, Barrett, um, if, if Jalen Hurts goes bad the first couple of games, I guarantee you 
the crowd's going to be screaming, men shoot, men shoot, men shoot. Do you think it's a, a good addition or more of a distraction to bring him in here? Um, it's, it's, it's a quarterback factory. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I mean, this 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 organization is is dead set on having um, being a quarterback factory. You know, I I don't understand it. You know, I at this point I understand that they needed a young guy to come up through the ranks. You know, just in case this doesn't work with with Hurts. You know, and I mean, imagine being Flacco. Flacco's like, what is this all about? You know, why did I sign here? You know, so maybe they're trying to. You know, what they brought Mitchell in because they're thinking about trading. You know. Uh, you know, Flacco, Joe Flacco or, or something like that. But at this point, you got a starter and it's a totally different situation, you know, the, with Joe than it is in, with, with Minshew. Joe's like this. Hey, man, I've, I've, I've made my money. I've done this before. They know that I can play. But Garner Minshew's like, man, I'm, look, I'm still young in my career. I come here to start. I want to, you know, conduct myself like I'm a starter. The same way that Zayla, um Hirsch did when he first got here, conducting himself like a starter, making sure he mm-hmm. did all the right things as if he was the starter. And he's going to be nipping in um, Hertz's heels. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they want to breed competition. Well, they got that competition. Uh, they don't think of it as being a distraction. They just think of it as being competition. It's different with a quarterback as opposed to an offensive tackle or a center or a defensive lineman or something. It's totally different on how you conduct yourself, you know, as far as, you know, uh, draft picks. But, you know, to bring a guy in like this, it's, it's got to be a distraction, number one. But number two, cream rises to the top. You know, Jalen's been going through this entire career uh, as a football player. You know, it happened to him in Alabama. It happened. It's going to happen, um, you know, at the NFL level. They're always I, trying to replace you. I, I, I tell people all the time. Yeah. I tell people all the time. This is, you know, I can remember, you know, my, my eighth, ninth year in the league. And it, you know, became very apparent. Five minutes after they signed me, the ink's not even dry yet. And they're trying to replace me with somebody bigger, stronger, faster, cheaper, and younger than I am. Wow. That's the, the, that's the way the league is. I find it interesting also that Nick Sirianni, until Tuesday, didn't confirm that Jalen Hurts is his starting quarterback. 31 other teams in the league had already told us <laughs> who their starting quarterback's in. And then Nick tries to preface it by saying, well, you know, he's the only one getting reps with the first team, so it was obvious that he was a starting quarterback. Well, then why couldn't you just say it? Because right, you left right. that speculation out there that maybe Flacco could beat him out. You know, maybe it. maybe Hurts wasn't the guy. I mean, come on, man. I mean, why did the Eagles play these games, man? Come on. I don't know, man. And, you know, that's your team, your team. I know, man, but it, it's it's. I don't understand a lot of the things that this team did. You know, I mean, it, you know, this has been one of the most, um, most extraordinarily crazy off seasons I've ever been a part of. I mean, have you ever been a part of an organization that led a? Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, a Super Bowl winning coach leave for a quarterback that they just signed to a multi-million, hundred million dollar deal. <laughs> no. <laughs> then, then, then let the coach go because of the quarterback. But then they let the you know trade the quarterback and leave thirty-two million in dead cap money sitting there, and you know it was just. It, it, it just things just kept, you know, piling on, piling on. I just didn't understand what was going on, man. I thought it was just me, but no, everybody else was, you know, confirming it to me that this is the craziest offseason ever in the history of Eagles football, man. It had to have been, you know, to lose a coach to these type of circumstances for a player that they no longer have because they traded him and they just paid him. And then he leaves and they leave all his dead cap spaces. Then you have a quarterback, you don't name a quarterback, but he brought him here and he got, 
he ruffled the feathers of the starting quarterback and he, you know, got him out. I mean, if you name it, everything happened. Then you had a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl come in, say he doesn't come in to be a, you know, a guy that's going to help the starter. He wants to be the starter. And then things changed. It was just so much <laughs> going on, man. So much going. We needed a cornerback, but they didn't tell anybody to go to free agency to get a cornerback. So they didn't pick a cornerback up until the fourth round um, in the draft, knowing they needed a cornerback and they didn't do that. You know I mean? It's, then they traded with Dallas to, you know, to get, you know, Smith, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what is going on with this off season? This is this the craziest off season I've ever been a part of. It's man. COVID man. It's COVID. COVID <laughs> got us all crazy. It's COVID. Hey, speaking of wins, did you see the Indianapolis media is already turning on him? Oh man. They did call him selfish. selfish, a bad team. Oh, the man he's, hasn't even taken a snap in a regular season. Now, now Wentz is on the COVID list, but the, the media's ripping Indianapolis, which is one of the nicest towns in America for football. Can you believe that? They're turning on Carson Wentz already? Well, you know what? A tiger never loses his stripes. So this might be the real Carson. And people are starting to learn that, you know, all that stuff that was said about Carson back in the day by Alshon and, and, the, and, the, and the reporter he was talking to, maybe half that stuff was true. You know what I'm saying? Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I knew some stuff, you know, me and you both knew stuff. I know we nothing. Just didn't make I know privilege. nothing. We didn't privilege. It wasn't privilege <laughs> to everybody else. But, you know, we sat back. I mean, we sat back and talked about this situation a year before all these allegations Absolutely. started coming out. Yes, you know, we and, did. and we just we just, you know, certain stuff we can say and we can't say and we stuff we keep in confidence of the people that say say it, you know, because right, right. we, we have good friends in that locker room that we communicate with all the time that, you know, tell us certain situations and information, you know, and, and we have to hold it in confidence. But we knew that we knew the bad apple was there a long time before everybody else saw the, the you know, the, the, the brown spots on the apple. We sat there and watched it unfold, and all I'm saying is Barrett Brooks, this man has this town snowed because <laughs> Carson Wentz was the Pied Piper of Philadelphia, and he could do no wrong. And anybody outside of Philadelphia or inside of Philadelphia that said anything negative about Carson Wentz, people, and I mean fan base, would rush to attack them about how dare you say that about Carson Wentz. And now – all these people, good, he's gone. I'm glad he's out of here. He didn't want well, to be here. We didn't need him anyway. Well, remember me and you almost got, we got chastised a couple of times by our boss. Like, well, you got to let this go. You got to tell people. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, we no, can't, we do, can't do that. No, <laughs> we no. can't do it. You know, they, come on, please. No, we just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? We, she sat at our desk and listened to us and begged and pleaded us to say it. Like, yes. no, we just can't do it. You know? So all these athletes think that we just talk. And just say whatever. No, we keep it to ourselves. Yeah. A lot of stuff. To, we'll take it to the grave. People don't understand. There's a lot of stuff you and I uh, know that will never be public you know, knowledge because of our relationship with the organization. Now, some people Absolutely. might say, you have an obligation to let us know. No, we don't. No, <laughs> no. There are certain things that we will share with you. But there are certain other things because they 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 affect they affect people not just as football players but as yep. human beings as well. That's Absolutely. not my job, you know. I, I think you and I will agree. That's not our job to rip people. There are some people in the media across the board, across the country, that live to find dirt on people just to rip them and tear them down. That's not how I conduct my business. I never have and I never will. And I know you the same way in a lot of regards. Absolutely, absolutely. All the stuff I know about you, man, I'm just going to take it to the hey, grave. Hey, now, hey, don't... hey, let me say that, man. My <laughs> wife listens to this podcast. Let me tell him, hey, look, hey, hey, some things you can't, you got to let go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, one final question before, I've got to get you off here before you slip and say something you shouldn't say. One final question before I let you go. When you look at all the cuts on Tuesday on cut down day, a uh, lot of big names got cut, but how about Cam Newton getting cut in New England? Man, you know, I, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if it was like a, a, you know, Belichick being a good dude and like, all right, let me cut him now so we can go out and find somewhere, uh, to, you know, to, to latch on to, you know, because some coaches will do that knowing that, you know, they're not going to use you. So we'll give you an opportunity to go out there and test the market. Um, or whether it was, you know, a decision whether, you know, he didn't want to, you know, get the, the vaccine. So, you know, he cut him because he didn't want to worry about, you know, him um, not being available to him during certain times of year because he has COVID. Right, right. Or just whether he just, you know, got beat out by Mac Jones. That might be it also. You know, he just might have just got beat out by the young guy. The young guy played better than he did. You know, if it's even, you know, the most money is leaving. And that was That's Cam. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're right. You're right. Well, you know what? I can't wait to see this 2021 season, an influx of uh, new new talent across the league, uh, big-name players uh, moving constantly across the National Football League. Of course, we always sit back and give our projections on who we think will be the good teams are and who, who will be the not-so-good teams. I can't who's wait. Who's your sleeper this year? Who's, who's my, your sleeper this Who's year? my sleeper? Wow. Yeah. That's a, wow. That's, that's a good one. Uh, wait, NFC or AFC? AFC. My sleeper in the AFC, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to say Jacksonville. Wow. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I I love this kid, Trevor Lawrence, you know. Um, And Urban Meyer made made no bones about, oh, yeah, he's my starting quarterback. You know, and I've watched him in bits of of two or three preseason games, and obviously he's not playing against frontline talent the whole time. But he started out the games against frontline talent. He took some beatings, but that dude, he was slinging it accurately just like he did at Clemson. So, and and Jacksonville got some young talent on that offense. And I don't know how how well the defense will hold up, but I think Jacksonville could upset the apple cart a little bit in the AFC. Wow. You know, 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 at at, at this point in the AFC, I I, (sighs) – I, I'm being a little biased, you know, but I think the Steelers, Big Ben is going for his last hurrah. Oh, come on, man. I'm just saying, man. And and the running back, man, their running back they have is is, is unbelievable. Oh, who's that, Najee Harris? Yes, Najee Harris Woo, is unbelievable. He ball. You know, no question. So, I mean, that's probably my sleeper. But my sleeper in the NFC? Yeah. The Cardinals, man. Cardinals? The Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they went out they got J.J. Watt. Yeah, they They got did. Green from Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, can did. you imagine, you know, Green. that receiver core? A.J. Green, line up on one side, bro. Yep, DeAndre I mean, Hopkins, on, yes. So if you got Green here, Hopkins right here, pick your poison. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Pick your poison. Yeah. Who are you going to stop? Who are you going to roll the coverage to? So I'm saying, you know, this is going to be a really, really good, uh, you know, you know, year as far as, you know, teams going out, you know, fans are back in. It, it's just going to be a, a reinfusion of, 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 of football right now, and I can't wait for it to happen, man. I'll give you one other sleeper before I let you go. And, and, and mark my words, if the quarterback stays healthy, Cincinnati. Right. If the quarterback stays healthy, Cincinnati. That's not that a sleeper. Mind. That's not a sleeper. He, he, man, he's, he, he was slinging it, man. As a young guy, he was slinging it, and they shored up that offensive line. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They went out and got uh, Chase, you know, Jamar Chase. Oh, yes. So, you know, they got some weapons out there, man. They got some weapons, you know. So we'll see, man. You know, the vision is tough. But uh, you're right, man. Cincinnati's got some – Got some weapons they can throw it to. Ladies and gentlemen, he is my my big little brother, uh, Barrett <laughs> Brooks. Uh, he gives me grief, but he keeps me laughing. And I thank you for being on Gun On One, man, as always. Appreciate it, man. The check is in the mail, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got your check. Yeah, check. yeah, You know what they say? Check this. 
check. Yeah, you want to check? Check this. That's right. the check you get. Uh, you owe me. You owe me for the next 10 years, and I'm not even going to say why. <laughs> why, why, why are you talking about old stuff, man? Nah, uh, old stuff is pertinent <laughs> now. That's why you're not getting a check. <laughs> B. Brooks, as always, I'll be I'll hit you up again during the season, man. We can yuck it up again during the season. Uh, Anytime, as bro. the season unfolds. Uh, but I thank you for being on Gun on One, man. You take care. Tell the family, D-Gun, say hello. I definitely will, bro. You do the same. All right, man. And that's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast powered by Patterson Square Guard. For my man, Barrett Brooks, I'm Derek Gunn. Until next time, take care of yourselves. But more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. So long, everybody. production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.